everyone? It is the Fly Guys Podcast. Justin Goodard alongside Cameron Klein as he sits comfortably in the loft in the FGP studios. And I was going to say it's a, it's it's about time that he's able to move back up there as the weather gets colder and colder. And here I am sat in my comfortable apartment in Dauphin County, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Cameron, uh, let's just cut to it. I don't know what the weather's been like back home in terms of like weather other than it being chilly, but a couple days ago here in Harrisburg, it was blizzarding. It was heavy snow. It's been just snowy as all hell up here. Damn. Wow. That's interesting. It's well, I mean, it makes, I guess that's like the nor'easter right? that's moving up, um, you know, up the East coast. It's, um, it's been like rainy, a lot of wind, but nothing. Yeah. Insane. Definitely a lot of wind. Yeah. But it's been cold. I mean, it's this whole last week's been cold, but it feels great up here right now, dude. Like it's, it's the perfect time where it feels like it's like just 50 degrees. It's nice. It's crisp. Oh, yeah. It feels, it feels good. Actually. I was really happy when I came up here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no dude, speaking of the Nor'easter, uh, the Buffalo bills are moving their game by game the way. To Detroit. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, they're going to be playing in Detroit as they're calling for between four to six feet of snow <laughs> in Buffalo. So the Browns-Bills game will be played at Ford Field up Dude, in Detroit. Like, what, what bothers me is like they were doing it for like the fan safety. I'm like, the Buffalo Bills fans, the guys that are jumping onto flying, flaming tables and shit in their parking lot, those guys, for their safety, they'll be fine, dude. I was going to say, like, they'll just, like... They'll just borrow the dogs from the Iditarod and just sled their way down My to the God. stadium if they need to. They Easily. won't. That wasn't going to stop them from going to the games. No, not at all. Not at all. Not that. Not that fan base. Not that fan base. And it will be interesting because they they're playing in Detroit on Thursday for Thanksgiving as well. Um, yeah. So the so I I don't imagine. I don't know. Maybe um. Maybe I see, the Bills will end up staying up there. I see no reason to come back. No reason. I don't either. I mean, yeah. think about it. Even even if they tried to come back, you have to figure with the conditions or the way it looks like it'll be in Buffalo, just trying to get back and onto the tarmac down in Buffalo, that's going to be a pain in the ass. So why even make the venture? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly, dude. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're coming to you uh, just about an hour and a half away from Flyers puck drop against the Boston Bruins as the 7-6-3 Flyers were taking on the Best team in hockey as of right now in the Boston Bruins. And Cameron, you know what? It looks like the fall to back to reality and uh, fall from grace has officially happened in Philadelphia. Yeah. We officially, uh, I-, I loved what you tweeted from the Twitter account, Leatherface, <laughs> Leatherface uh, uh, Tortorella. What, um, what, uh, that, that, tell you what, I, I like that one. I don't know where you came up with that one, but I liked it a lot. Well, dude, I mean, just look at his face. Like, you saw what happened. You saw his face against Columbus. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, he, yeah, he got blasted in the face by a horse, which was. It was funny because I was talking to a guy about that. That horse's name is Rose. Let's put some respect on the horse's okay. name. Well, Apparently, Rose... that was an important piece of investigative journalism. <laughs> Rose didn't care about him; uh, it just blasted him. But um, <laughs> it was funny because I was talking to a guy at work who used to used to do stuff with horses, and um, and he was saying he was like he was like dude he's like obviously that thing didn't have a shoe on because if it had a shoe on like he would have been gonzo like if it blasted him square in the face like i that, mean a but. horseshoe right to the head yeah he would have yeah. been he would have been brained yeah. for he would have been on the sideline for a little bit but no, it was cool it was cool getting a new sound bite from john tortorella that was nice um at least again as as the honeymoon period ends um at least seems like it's ending it'll be nice to know that we have that to look forward to more and more we suck sound bites and so on and so forth from him so that'll be cool I mean, he really is pretty much the the best part I think about the Flyers, and that you're you're going to get brutal honesty out of Tortorella. Yeah, I always wondered what it's like when you're a player on a team that has that kind of coach, where like the Jim Mora of the NFL, where like he just goes out <laughs> and he says we sucked from head to toe. Like as a player, does that 
does that hurt to hear? Does that motivate you? Here's the problem. Too often when I hear coaches saying that stuff, clearly it doesn't impact the team because the team doesn't get better after quotes like that. Yeah. So it must must be a bit of a downer to hear that from your coach. Like, oh, we suck. Good to know. Thanks, yeah. coach. Yeah, usually. Like, again, like some players respond to it, some don't. As we've seen in John Torello's career, some people have called him the best coach they've ever had. And then you also have, for every guy that says that, you have a guy like Brandon Dubinsky who is just like, this guy shouldn't even have a job. Um, I like how Brandon so. Dubinsky became the poster child for anti-John Tortorella. It's it's just kind of awesome. The best part is that I, I don't like Brandon Dubinsky, yeah. so I'm totally fine <laughs> yeah. with him being on that side of the Tortorella debate. Yeah. But just to kind of dig a little bit deeper into what the Flyers have really been doing of late, I just wanted to kind of bring up some key stats. Obviously, you know, when we talk a lot about Flyers stats, one of the most important things that I think a lot of people tend to focus on are for, on the analytical side is things like Corsi. And last week when Cameron and I discussed things, we talked about how the Flyers are among the worst and when it comes to Corsi. And certainly that hasn't changed as their losing has begun to accelerate but I just want to go on record to talk about just raw counting stats things to kind of keep an eye on Travis Konechny 19 points in in 16 games he's a minus eight though Kevin Hayes 16 points in 16 games he's a minus six and then all of a sudden Carter Hart he's fallen a little bit back down to the normal Carter Hart stats that I think you can expect to see he has a save percentage of 929 with a goals against average of 242 929 still is impressive I think that's about what you can really reasonably expect if Carter Hart were to have a reasonably decent team. I think those are realistic numbers he could post. It's just it's just depressing because, like, how long I – was, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I was like, you know, Ron Hextall was good, but he was also mostly notorious because he was crazy. Like, he was a nutbag. Like, he was great, but he was, you know, more – Yeah, but his numbers in the regular season, if you look back on them, they're not phenomenal. That's that's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, it, this is arguably one of the – better goaltenders they've had i mean since bernie perron if we're being you know be completely serious here like and you you have just a, a litany of bad decisions from the front office in, in our opinion uh, building around him they're not they're failing him they're failing him and, it, and it's heartbreaking how many years have we said oh we just need that star goaltender we need that star goaltender well we have him and this is what we have for him so. I agree. I mean, he's 6-2. He's listen, so many of these Flyers wins have come on his back. And, I mean, you're certainly not going to go on record and say, like, oh, they won games because Tony Delangelo was acting like a maniac for, for like, you know, the he has 25 penalty minutes. It feels like he has 5,000 penalty minutes. Yeah. yeah. But By the way, it's, it's, ultimate- it's D'Angelo. Olivia pointed that out to me. She was like, he keeps saying Delangelo. And I was like, I think he's doing that on purpose. Oh, no, I'm saying respect. it on purpose. It's Delangelo. <laughs> Right. I appreciate Olivia listening into yeah. the podcast and telling me, like, <laughs> listen, this, this, I'm Italian too, Olivia. I know how it's supposed to sound, but no, he's Delangelo. I'm just going to, he's, he's Delangelo until yeah. further notice. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever I have to do to try and prod at the fact that he's a Philadelphia Flyer and uh, moving away from that whole situation, I know that a lot of people talk so greatly about Scotty Lawton. Scotty Lawton has six points in 16 games, and I'm not saying that you're captain or. <laughs> the captain all but in title yeah. has to be your leading scorer. But I'm looking for a little bit more production from a guy who notoriously throughout his career has put up okay stats, not phenomenal stats. Wade Allison, he's obviously, you know, on he's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. And yeah, ultimately usual. I think right now what here's the worst part about it, the team. The young guys keep getting hurt, dude, and we, so we're not even getting a fair chance to see them for a long period of time on the ice. That's what's most frustrating. Yeah, yeah, like Wade Allison, we've been excited about for what two years now, three years now. Yeah, 
And it's like he's this guy who perfectly encapsulates the Philadelphia mindset, but he has skill to go along with it. Like, you know, we always talk about, like, you want that gritty flyer player, so on and so forth. And we have plenty of mm-hmm. those, but none of them have, have the skill to back up the current form of hockey and what hockey is now. Um, but you have this Wade Allison guy who's supposed to be that and was that for the most part. And every time we do see him play, he is that. But he barely ever plays. I mean, we barely he ever barely see him. He barely ever plays because he's getting hurt. Now, he has appeared in 14 of the 16 games, but, I mean, it's been limited time. Travis Sanheim, the guy that they gave a billion dollars to, has two points in 16 games. I'm sorry. I love Travis Sanheim. I've been on record for saying how much I love Travis Sanheim. That is inexcusable yeah, for a no. guy that just got paid out the wazoo. Yeah. Two points in 16 games? Give me a flippin' break. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad. And I'm a big... I'm a big Sanheim defender for the most part. Um, I thought he was their best defenseman last year. He was, um, but yeah, like I, I feel first like I'm reliving. Like, yeah, he deserved that money, but it's just like okay, now he's kind of taking the money and running at this point. It looks like, um, you know, wh- whatever. I feel like I'm reliving the days of Phil Myers. Yeah, Phil Myers, uh, Andrew McDonald, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> I mean, um, even even Justin Braun, and I was a big Mark proponent Stride. of him bringing back Mark Stride. I mean, dude, like the list goes on. The list goes on in the last twenty it's years. Too many people. Yeah. You know, we used to complain about Braden Coburn. Oh, what I would give for oh my Braden God. Coburn right now. <laughs> I'm going to go on record and say that I wasn't one person who complained about Braden Coburn. I thought he was fine. Okay, I liked Braden Coburn. I never, I never complained about him. Yeah. I thought that defense was so good. Kimo Timonen, Braden Coburn, Chris Pronger, and then well, you know yeah. the problem I'm is crushed. that their 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 third line pairing was always the issue, mm-hmm. but. That was never, you know, the first four were never a problem. Yeah, and I never thought, like, I always thought Coburn's issue was, like, he shouldn't have been a top two. He should have been a top four, um, especially when, yeah, when Bronner got hurt. So they had to put him up on the second line, with, or the first line with Tiemann, which I guess was, was fine. But, like, that's not, you know, he's not a terrible defenseman because he's, he's in the wrong role, necessarily. I still thought he was fine. He was serviceable. He was more than serviceable. Yeah. Um Nicholas Grossman, even even Grossman wasn't he that was, bad. He was like, fine as a bottom six guy. He was fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I like Nicholas Grossman, but that's the problem. We don't have guys like that. Like no. Rist- Ristolainen, he's a Ristolainen has not registered a point. Justin Braun has not registered a, pro- a point. And for the record, I know that Ristolainen is supposed to be more of a defensive defenseman. That's a problem when you're apparently that's your role and you suck at that role. That's that's an issue to me. And Justin Braun. You know, for a long time in San Jose, and even for the for a good few years in Philadelphia, was known for at least being able to put up assists. Not one assist. Now, granted, he's actually at a plus one. So, oh, there goes my microphone. So he's been, I guess, the best defenseman on the ice. That's but sad. that just doesn't. That's sad. That's sad. It is. It is. And like, you can't. You can't. But you can't really. We can't really get mad at these guys necessarily because like it's not their fault that that somebody's no, offering right. them money like who else in in this entire league would offer Rasmus Ristolainen five to five and a half million dollars a year nobody well not the team that drafted him that's for sure so like Thankfully, it, the team that traded for him would exa- exactly so it's like if, if I was him I would do the same thing I would I would take that money absolutely why wouldn't I it's not his fault necessarily I know a lot of people who don't like the fact that I hate Zach McEwen. And for the record, I don't hate Zach McEwen because I think he's a bad person. I hate Zach McEwen because people think that he is what you have on a team that will win a title. Uh, I guess I should mention that he is a plus two on the stat sheet. Guess who leads the Flyers in plus minus? You you, you really wouldn't... Or, yeah, guess the top two players in Flyers for plus minus. It, the answer is going to frustrate the hell out of you. I'm gonna, uh, because you're saying that, I'm going to say McEwen and Delorier. 
Uh, it is not McEwen, although he is in the top five. Uh, and Deloria is a plus one. Number one is Nick Sealer as a plus six. Okay, all right. Seal the deal. And the number Seal two, the Nick Sealer. All right. Number two is James Van Riemsdyk. Okay, all right. That won't upset me that now, much. Like that, JVR that's has only played in six games this season, well, so that's there's why that, that's, that that's why feels he's like so a qualifier. Yes, that's why he's so. But high. yeah, yeah. Um, and then then it's like Lucas Sedlak and then uh, Zach McEwen. Noah Cates. I actually like Noah Cates. No, yeah, I was, I, I, when I, you mentioned the young guys getting hurt, I was I, he's the first person that popped in mind that I was like, he's yeah. the only guy I've seen consistently in the lineup, consistently mm-hmm. playing at the level of play that he's been playing at. It's it's that's your classic torts guy. Yes. Classic. Yes. Head to the grindstone. Yeah. So as far as like what to say about this team, I guess I feel like I I keep thinking I have to come on here and talk about the games and I have to talk about, you know, where they are as a franchise. But more and more I kind of feel like maybe I should be adopting this this idea of maybe this is therapy for Flyers fans who are depressed about the team and want to hear something. So I like that. Like when you're watching tonight. I just take do your best to watch each individual player to see how they stack up against a, a a top bona fide NHL franchise. Boston is very good. They're probably going to contend for the Eastern Conference title this year unless something really really goes wrong. So see how some of these young guys fare against the lines of Bergeron um, and uh, Pasternak and uh, you know the 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 rat's face. I don't know why I'm Marchand, blanking on. Marchand, yeah. I don't know why I was blanking on his name. Because well, you don't, I just hate you don't, him so much. Yeah, you don't want to remember. But yeah, I mean, a few of the things that are encouraging. The big thing that's encouraging to me is is connecting. Um, just because he has responded yeah. like to to a lot of criticism, and he's responded well. He has. He's, he has. he's stepped up to be the point leader, the production leader of this team over a point per game. I mean, that's cool. Again, it's just. It's not going to win. It, they're not winning games, which at the end of the day, that's no. what we're all focusing on, and that's what kind of sucks. But I think that we're I focusing gotta, on I'm trying to focus on the good things, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Because we want in vain this team to be good. We want this to be like a really, really nice season. And I don't. I, the only reason we want that is because we're Flyers fans. We're and hockey fans, That's what yes. we care about. We, yes. we, want, we want our season to have meaning. We don't want it to be December, and it's over. And there's nothing yeah. left to look forward to. Yeah. And in reality, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the highlight of the season. Yeah, the highlight of the season was a five-one win against the St. Louis Blues. Yes, that's probably going to be your best win this season. Which is sad. Which is sad. Maybe I I don't know. Jury's still out, right? uh, Like, dude, I don't know. Like again, the the only X factor, the big X factor, is Tortorella. He's the big X factor. Like that is true. He has done things with teams that he should has no business doing with, like Columbus, for example. Um, and it was a shame, That's dude. Because I was really, really, de- I was really sad they lost to Columbus because I wanted to tweet out like, imagine being the team that paid thirteen million dollars for Johnny Gaudreau just to lose the team that was just like, nah, we're good. <laughs> but then they oh, lost. Uh, you so, want, you yeah. wanted it that badly, huh? I did, I did. I really, I had to load it up, and then I had to sadly hold the backspace as the, they just scored that ridiculously. Hey, nasty you know what? There's always goal. next time when when they come to Philadelphia, we'll we'll get them. We'll get them. Hopefully, we'll get them. I wouldn't mind going to that game, seeing seeing Johnny G. That'd be kind of cool. It would, cool. I'm telling you, last year when we went to see Austin Matthews play, yeah. I know it was frustrating that we lost, and that was a game that I think the two, the, both you and I, thought they should have won because at the time we thought they were going to be a good team. Yeah, better. Uh, yeah. Or at least better. That was fun to watch Austin Matthews. I would definitely go watch Johnny Gaudreau play hockey. Yeah. When yeah. Did, you know, the real question is, when did the Edmonton Oilers come to Philadelphia? Oh, my God. That's, oh my God. that's the game because I want to go see Connor McDavid. That'd be unbelievable. Um, speaking of going to Flyers games, I went on Saturday 
shout out to a friend of the show, Anthony Bruno, for hooking us up with a StubHub discount. Um, guy and going to the game. It was cool seeing Claude Giroux. It really warmed my heart because I was half expecting the uh, there's going to be a standing ovation. We knew that. Yeah, I was half expecting you know some booze from that point on from you know just the Flyers faithful, but the 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 love for Giroux lasted the entire game. It was really really cool. First of all, the standing ovation lasted way longer than I expected. Like it kind of got uncomfortable. Like we were just clapping forever, and like in my mind, I love Giroux, so like I was cool with it. But in mind, I'm thinking, like, okay, we're still going. All right, we're still we're still doing this. That's nice to hear. That's actually really really cool to hear that it lasted Dude, as long as it did. He won second star, I believe, and like of course they booed whoever won third star, and they said his name. Standing ovation again. Standing ovation again. Like it was it was very very cool to see him get the respect that he deserved, um, and it was cool it's- to shove it in the minority of the Flyers fans' faces that that dislike him for whatever reason you know so it's it was nice it was nice well i will say this uh it, it sounds like he's getting the chase utley treatment you know after utley came back to philadelphia as a member of the los angeles dodgers he was given just such a roaring ovation and then he proceeded to hit a grand slam in which many phillies fans were cheering as a dodgers player hitting a grand slam which at the time annoyed me because i obviously want to see my team win every game but yeah it's nice to know that Giroux is getting that type of treatment. I think that's important. It's important that you treasure the legends of the game who died for your city. And Giroux, for all intents and purposes, he died for Philadelphia yeah. every freaking year he did. Every, he was phenomenal. We, we, we have a whole episode dedicated to Claude Giroux if you want to go check that out because that's how important he was to the city of Philadelphia. That's how important he was to the franchise. And that's why I don't care what anyone says. He is at the very worst. He is a top 10 Philadelphia flyer of all time. Yeah. Easy. Easily. Easy. Easily. Not even close. It's not even an argument in my opinion. So while we uh, quickly hop away from the Philadelphia Flyers, let's talk about our beloved football teams yes. as we are in the middle of the season. The Miami Dolphins are now 6-3 and three on the season, yep. and they, Cameron, I'm telling you, they're looking like, I'm not saying they'll get it, but if you were to tell me tomorrow that the Miami Dolphins are going to be the number one seed in the AFC, I wouldn't be surprised because they just find ways to win, baby, and that's all that matters. Yeah, they're um, the, the addition of Jeff Wilson I didn't think was going to – play as big of a role as it has so far but now they have two very fast very agile running backs that could be used in a multitude of situations um and every every week i'm waiting for the sh- other shoe to drop on Tua, and he just refuses to let it i mean the guy's ridiculous you gotta love it the guy's ridiculous you love it. I'm, I'm not sure if you watched any of the highlights from the browns game but they're, Absolutely, I did. I did before we got on today. Dude, the, the first touchdown pass they threw to Alec Ingold where he faked it up top, ducked underneath, threw it to Alec Ingold on the screen. The, the corner of the end zone pass to, to Sherfield was just out of this world. It's As a Dolphins fan, I've never seen a quarterback like this. Ever. Ever. Well, I haven't. you haven't. I haven't. Your father has. <laughs> yes. Anybody over the age of 30 has seen Dan Marino, obviously. But for me, someone who grew up after he retired... Um, this is this is pretty pretty goddamn cool and I put a bet early this year I had like 20 bucks in my FanDuel account I was just not going to use it cuz I was like I am not going to be gambling this year with my wedding and so on and so forth so I just <laughs> threw 20 bucks onto Tua for MVP cuz the odds were like plus 6000 or something and I'm supposed to win like 1200 dollars or something like that if he wins and as of right now FanDuel's saying hey um you can cash out now for 170 bucks like you can cash out 
And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm going to hold on to that for for a little bit because he just keeps climbing that MVP race. I I honestly, for political reasons and, you know, whatever, I don't think he's going to get it. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's nice to see. And it's nice to just hear everybody shut the fuck up. Okay. (laughs) Especially this last week where it was all Tyreek Hill, blah, blah, blah. He's got these great receivers. Well, okay, Tyreek Hill had 50-some yards and a touchdown. That was it. Other than that. He had everybody it's, else. It's so, what people like to do. Um, so Miami oh. moves to six and three. To uh, at least, in my opinion, he's if he's not the number two in MVP race at this point, he's number three. Yeah. Um, there are three the first guys time, I, I, I see, which is Mahomes, Tua, and Hurts. Those are the three yeah, guys. I think that's I think that's the fairest way. It's in Mahomes no particular to lose order. at this point. Yeah. In no particular order. Yeah. To me, yeah. Hurts. Hurt. According to most odds, Hurts and Tua are tied with like plus five hundred odds or something like that at this point. Hertz's campaign took a bit of a uh, tumble. I will, uh, yes, obviously talk about the loss that the Eagles suffered on Monday Night Football to Washington because, of course, it was Washington. It's yeah, always freaking Washington. Naturally. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of fans were obviously, one, upset that the running game got gashed the way that it did that allowed Washington to have multiple seven-minute-plus drives, which, don't get me wrong, that was that had me feeling pretty frustrated, too. And my ire was directed fully at Jonathan Gannon for the loss. Now, a lot of people as well want to talk about Dallas Goddard's situation. They want to talk about Quez Watkins fumbling that football. Here's my thing. When you fumble the ball away three times or you turn the ball over three times and one of those is a fumble and then Dallas Goddard fumble, that's like the gods telling you you're not winning today because that's not going to happen to many good football teams and the Eagles are a good football team. Uh, it was a missed. Obviously, they missed the face mask call on Dallas Goddard, but that's not why the Eagles lost. Because as much as people people like to speak in such certainties, and what I mean by that is, people assume if that call gets made, Eagles go down and score. Uh, Eagles win the game. Yeah. It's not that simple. They would have still had to have driven about another fifty yards to win the game. Um, I think at that point it was twenty three to twenty one to at least drive into field goal range, and they would have had to have killed off enough time to not let Washington get back in field goal range because you know that defense wasn't shutting anybody down at that point. Right. Uh, and it's the same certainty that I hear all the time with like, oh, if Alshon doesn't drop that pass against New Orleans, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Let's ignore the fact that they would have had to have played the Rams in the NFC title game and then played the Patriots again in the Super Bowl. It ain't guaranteed that they were going to go on and just win the Super Bowl again. I, I don't like to speak in those certainties. They lost the game because they weren't really prepared to deal with Washington. Taylor Heineke is a gritty quarterback who makes a lot of nice little plays and does a lot to not lose a game. He's he's but, Washington's Nick Foles. Like he he's a very lesser version of Nick Foles, but yes. I see what you're saying. Yeah, he, a way lesser version, a way lesser version. But he's like the guy who's like he's a backup quarterback. That he penis probably, is so much smaller than Nick Foles. But, <laughs> oh he probably <laughs> won't be the starting quarterback on any other team, but for some reason, the, those players rally around that guy. They just Washington seem to play better. Around him. Yeah, Carson Wentz, you better be shaking in your boots right now. He's not. They can't. He's give not it back coming to him. back. They he, can't they, give it they back can, to him. They cannot go back to him. Ron Rivera knows they cannot go back you can't, to him. You can't. And it's sad though. It's sad because I wanted him to be playing on Monday night because how just how nice we would have won the see? game easily, easily. And plus, like, dude, him won. in Philadelphia to see a crumble machine like that, it would have been insane. It would have been insane. City would have become unglued. Uh, but obviously, so now the Eagles they they lose one game, and Howie Roseman says, "Okay, I know what I'm. I know what to do." 
They sign a 34-year-old Linval Joseph. When I saw that, I'm like, all right, that's that's cute. You're going to try and prepare the running defense until Jordan Davis comes back. And then all of a sudden, I see the report, Philadelphia Eagles bringing in Ndamukong Sue on a one-year deal. And I'm like, oh, so you're just flat-out pissed off at Jonathan Gannon. Okay, I, yeah. I see how it is. He's making I'm it so there's, it. there can be no excuse. There can be no excuse. Cameron, how embarrassing is this for Jonathan Gannon that Howie Roseman had to go to the retirement home two times? <laughs> To get yourself some yeah. help because you're so unwilling to change up your scheme and you're so unwilling to go to a base 4-3 defense that you constantly need to be in these nickel and dime packages because you're just so insistent. Oh my God, I'm about to go. Is it time? Is it time? It's time. I am so freaking <laughs> tired of seeing third and eight and then a stupid little slanting cross pattern gets them a first down because Jonathan Gannon is so hell-bent on these soft coverages. You have James Bradbury and you have Darius Slay. Press man. Press man. It is not that hard of a situation. You have three really good blitzing linebackers. Kaiser White, yeah. TJ Edwards, Hassan Reddick. Freaking use them on a blitz every now and then. They blitz so infrequently. And I know what the numbers were. I know what the numbers were, people. Taylor Heineke still got like three first downs on blitzes. You know why Taylor Heineke still got three first down on blitzes? Because when the Eagles blitz, they're still doing the whole soft coverage. So the passes are so easy to make for Heineke. It's pitch and catch. We saw the same thing last year with, with the Raiders and Eagles game. People forget. And Cameron, you might forget. Derek Carr was 31 of 34. Derek Carr now couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. How did he go 90% on his throws last year against the Eagles? Because Jonathan Gannon is a poor defensive coordinator. If Jim Johnson, God rest his soul, were still alive, he'd be kicking that little scrawny nerd's ass all over the playground because he just does not adapt to what the offense is doing. He stubbornly sticks to what he knows in terms of his zone coverages. He refuses to blitz. His run defense gets gashed, and he has no answer for it for an entire half. Washington ran like 38 plays in the first half to the Eagles 14, 15, whatever the hell the number was. That's inexcusable. The Eagles offense sucked because they couldn't get into a rhythm because they were constantly on the sidelines while the defense was getting gashed. Fletcher Cox, God love you. You're a hero. I love you to death. You're not the same person anymore. You're not the same defensive lineman anymore. They don't have Derek Barnett to rotate in. Robert Quinn, I'm not going to just often say it's a, it, the trade didn't work, but Robert Quinn had one sack this season coming into the trade. He's not looking like the Robert Quinn of last year either. Brandon Graham looks like he's slowing down. So their reliance on this defensive line, which has been aging since I was a college student, to actually get home to the quarterback without added pressure is never going to fully work. So until Gannon learns that, I'm all for how we bring in Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph. Because one, to me, it sticks a big middle finger to Jonathan Gannon, and also it does bring a couple of good veteran defensive who should at least stabilize the run defense and allow Gannon some flexibility on his secondary where he can decide what he's going to do with CJGJ or CJJG or what he's going to do with Darius Slay or when that, well, unfortunately, Avante Maddox is on injured reserve. But I just cannot do this anymore with this whole play 10 yards back, four-man front. We're going to rush the quarterback, see if we can get to him. Guys, it's not working. Uh, the defensive line's too aged. We all know they need to get younger. Hopefully, they'll be able to do that in the draft. But if you're going to win a Super Bowl this year, you've got to start playing a bit more aggressively on defense. Yeah, I mean, dude, going into the season, that was our one big X factor. To me, to me. Yeah, it's Jonathan Gannon. To me, it was just like the one, the one thing, the one problem that can come up. Gannon, the defense is built well. What is he going to do with it? 
And and we saw last night or Monday night he did not do anything of what he needed to do. But here's the thing: like people will be like Justin. You do realize that they've been like the top second or third scoring defense in football. And I, I'm about to do something that is a sin to many Eagles fans. But it's true. Yeah. And you're going to hate that it's true. Kenny Pickett sucks. Davis yeah. Mills sucks. Carson Wentz sucks. I, Kirk Cousins, that one was genuinely impressive. And I don't care about the whole Kirk Cousins and primetime thing. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He usually gashes the Eagles. I mean, primetime, it is a thing, though. It is kind of a thing. Cooper, Cooper Rush sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So they were still... But go back and look at the numbers. They were allowing yardage. They were allowing rushing yards against the Houston Texans. The problem is the Texans don't have a quarterback that knows how to finish off drives. What they learned Monday night is that when you continue to bend, 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 you're going to get eventually a quarterback, and Taylor Heineke is at least a serviceable NFL quarterback who can finish off a drive. So I hate to use the whole, you haven't played anyone, but the reason why your defense was as good as it was and not falling into the pitfalls that it fell in on Monday night was because the defense is good enough to completely capitalize on bum-ass quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke's not bum. He's not. And this game against the Colts, Matt Ryan, he's not Matt Ryan. He's not Matty Ice anymore, but he's still a good quarterback. He's still, he can still give you problems. Yeah. So plus, you better plus, shut down Jonathan Taylor. You better shut him down. He was about who, was, who I was going to bring up. He's going to be he's, – he's, he's coming back. I don't care what anybody says. He's coming back. He's not going to be what he was last year maybe, but – I think they're simplifying their offense. Um, they're getting the best guys the ball, and Jonathan yeah, Taylor's your best Jeff ball. Jeff Saturday, an offensive lineman who was notorious for once yelling at Peyton Manning to run the ball, is going to focus on running the ball. I hope Jonathan yeah. Gannon hears this. Yeah, dude, they're going to run the ball on first and second down every drive. I don't care. It's every first and second down this Sunday. They're going to run yeah. the ball, so just be ready for that. Yeah, please I think, be ready for it. I think your silver lining here is you have to hope that the team just learns from this, like right, like. I was saying going into the as their winning streak was going, I was like, I I want them to lose at some point in the regular season. You don't want them to go undefeated because they're going to go to the playoffs where they're going to be playing against a competition which they have not played against. Right? They're going to be going against yes, the Rams and Tampa Bay suck. Right? Their records suck. Seattle has Geno Smith, whatever. But Seattle's a tough team. They have a tough oh defense. God. Kenneth Walker against that Eagles. Oh yeah, um, yeah exactly. Um, and then you have a team like if they run into San Francisco, that's tough. That's a tough team. That's a very, better very, hope you're healthy. very. I hope Jordan Davis is ready to go. Very well built team, San Francisco. So it's like you, I, I think the Eagles have the talent to go against and beat any team in the NFC. I really do. You go down the list of the NFC teams. I see the Eagles beating all of those teams nine times out of ten. But they have to be ready for adversity for when it comes. Right. All it takes is one. Right. Like, for example, the going into the half, they were down going into the half. The first time this season. And my first thought was, this is going to be interesting. This is when we're going to find out how good this Eagles team really is. If they can come back from this. And, and yeah, there were some blown calls. The, the turnovers sucked. And we mentioned, we started this off with Jalen Hurts about his MVP race. It sucks for him. Because my man did pretty much everything right. I think I was the interception say, like- was, it could have been a better thrown ball, maybe. But it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. It, it was fine. It, it was good. I mean, he looked fine. He was ready to go. He was motivating the team, as always. I thought the offense as a whole looked fine. I mean, I don't yes. know what the hell Shane Sykin's doing running the I ball two times in the that's, entire that, half. That was, I'm glad we brought it up because, I mean, why are we— why are Miles we, Sanders is a really good running back. Why, why are we not using him? Why are we going through this again? I thought we solved this last year. 
Run the ball, <laughs> Nick. Run the ball, dude. You know well, this. It's not that hard. Run the ball. You don't give up on running the ball, ever. Well, listen, Sirianni doesn't call the plays. It's fully Steichen, but I think at some point Sirianni has to tell Steichen, yo, start running the ball a bit right. more. But, 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 now that Dallas Goddard is out for four games at least, this offense is going to have to go to a more time-of-possession-based offense. It's not going to be able to be, you know, exciting throws down the field from Hurts to Quez Watkins to allow Watkins to fumble the ball. It's going to have to be a bit more methodical driving, using guys like Boston Scott and Miles Sanders a bit more, because now we've learned this defense without Jordan Davis, for some reason, is as bad as the Steelers' defense is without T.J. Watt. And we saw yeah. what happened to that Steelers' yeah. defense when they got T.J. Watt back. They Dude, looked a world lot of better. World difference. So if Jordan Davis is the X factor on that defensive line, now the goal is simply let's keep our defense off the field for as long as we can with long sustaining drives on the offense, killing the clock. I'm fine with winning a game 21-10 to 10 if it's that unexciting, but we scored three touchdowns on five possessions. I'm fine with it. I'm not going to care as long as we're getting the dub at the end of the day. I think that Steichen really wants to show the world, and I think maybe to a degree, and I think there is some show, you know, showmanship in Jalen Hurts. I think he wants to show the world that he can do it, but I'm just here to say this now. Jalen, I know you can do it. I know you can. You've yes. proven to me that you can. Yes, I fully can. believe in you. Yeah. I, I bought, I got a Hurts shirt, so believe me, I fully believe in you, but I need to win. And I know that you know that because you're as focused as ever. Let's just run the ball on first down, set up second and manageable, maybe get a nice little pass to Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, or A.J. Brown. Jack Stoll, I like Jack Stoll. He's a good backup tight end. I think he's you're going to be really impressive. He's fine. If you have the chance to watch him, he's actually a really sneaky good tight end. I think that he could find himself in a really good situation one day, if not with Philadelphia. But this Sunday, you got to get back on the winning side. You, the best, The best cure for a loss is to go right back to winning. And that's what they got to do this Sunday against Indianapolis. And personally, personally, I think they will. And and to you know bring this back to, to Miami because I'm egotistical and very excited. When you talk about <laughs> methodical offense, don't want to toot my, tor- my, my team's horn here, but <laughs> the definition of a methodical offense, if you watch that. Oh, you are so sky high about the Miami dude, they've, they've punted I, I, the I ball. I love it for you. I'm so happy for you, dude. They've punted the ball three times in the last three games. That's, like it's it's just nothing but constant positive yardage always. And sure, they have Tyreek Hill that they can bomb the ball too deep, but they don't have to, and they don't. They're just slowly, methodically moving the ball downfield. They could every once in a while drop it to Tyreek for fifty. F it. They might just drop it to Jalen Waddle for a deep slant of thirty yards. It's it's ridiculously good. And again, I want to bring this around because I, I love shitting on the Bills right now. I'm loving it. And that game, <laughs> how they blew that. How they blew that. Frustrated the hell out of me, but I can imagine it for you. You must have loved it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. That ball that Josh Allen threw, that interception at the end of the game to seal it for Minnesota. I'm going to say it. Tua makes that throw. Tua makes that throw. How you can throw it that behind your receiver, Josh. Elbow or not. Come on. Well, actually, the elbow. That is a a valid excuse. But still, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Bring them on. Bring them on. You want to know, you want to know something really interesting? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh-huh. looking at a stat. In 2022, uh, Miami ranked 17th in time of possession. With, they've had the ball for just under 30 minutes per game this season. 
in their last uh, three games, it's gone up marginally, just a little bit, up, just shy of 31 minutes. The Eagles rank ninth in the NFL in uh, time possession. Their last three games, though, they've had the ball on average in the last three games for 24 minutes. And, we, you know, a lot of experts say, and I'm not an expert, we're not experts, but a lot of experts say, you know, this is around this time of season is when you start to find out what your team really is. Yeah. You're now halfway through the season. You've gone through your quirks. You've established yourself. You've, you've starting to establish a rhythm or not a rhythm, depending on what team you are. Um, and, yeah, I just, I'm very excited for Miami. I think the Eagles will be fine. I honestly see them winning against Indianapolis. I could easily see them doing that. I really don't think I, I'm really not worried about the Eagles. Like they, they, this is not like a fake good team. They're a good team no, that no. just made mis- simple mistakes. Like Miami was isn't a bad team because they lost three games without their quarterback. Which, by the way, by the way, Tua in games that he has started and finished and not had his brain die in, <laughs> he in his last 14 starts he is 13 and one as a starter. Yeah, how about uh, yeah. that? Yep. Yep. Uh, Jalen Hurts, that was his first regular season loss. And I think f- you'd have to go like yeah, what fourteen you'd have to go games back. Right? You'd have to go back to the New York Giants game of last year at the Meadowlands. Yeah, Jesus, dude, that's yeah. something else, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's the, them Alabama boys, man. Oh, it's Bama uh, boys all the way. <laughs> Damn, dude. Um, before we wrap things up, just a little bit of uh, fun news for for everyone that uh, might be. As you do your Christmas shopping and everything, just take the time. Uh, I don't know where you're at in your Christmas shopping, Cameron. I'm about 80% done with mine. I get mine at, done out of the way every single time. Haven't even started. Haven't, I'm just starting uh, to brainstorm because Black Friday is coming up and I need to I need to get on it. What's sad is I have all these ideas of things I'm going to get for myself. But, oh. you know, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? You I can tell you? you right now. I mean, it's hard to go shopping for other people and not try and pick up one thing for yourself. But... For those who are uh, Black Friday shopping, as a man who works in retail, let me just uh, kind of give you some advice on like what to expect if you're going to be hitting the stores and everything. Um, don't be a dick. That's really all I have to say. Don't, and I'm not talking about to to the customers. By all means, punch another customer in the face. I I don't care. Like you know that that's yeah. on you. That's that's for your legal team to figure out later. Uh, don't be a dick to the staff because every retailer in America is short staffed this year. And, you know, what we're asking for is just the slightest, the ever so slightest bit of patience. And I promise you, I promise you, waiting an extra five minutes in line, you will not die. I promise you, you will be alive. You will be well. I, hopefully your guts will still be filled from Thanksgiving. If you're the type to be camping outside of stores during Thanksgiving, you're a sociopathic disgusting human being that should be thrown in jail because Thanksgiving is the best meal of the year. So enjoy Thanksgiving because I would imagine Cameron and I will not be broadcasting back to you guys for at least next week. We probably won't do a show just because, you know, that's Thanksgiving week and everything and then Black Friday. So from the Fly Guys podcast, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We hope that you enjoy your Black Friday. Uh, Get whatever shopping you have to get done. Get your Christmas cards in. Get them sent out. You know the post office gets backed up pretty soon. So... If you send them out early and they get to their destinations a little early, that's perfectly okay. Uh, for Cameron Klein, my name is Justin Goodhart. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fly Guys Podcast, at Cameron Klein15, and at Goodhart Justin. And as always, be happy. And as always, be healthy. And as always, let's go, Flyers. <laughs>